Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Just Films and That, the podcast that celebrates films we think are underrated, underappreciated, underseen, or we just really, really wanted to talk about them. I'm your host for this week, Alice Oliver. With me, as always, is Josh Hallam. Say hello, Josh. Hello, Josh. Oh, very funny. He's such <laughs> no a comedian, e- No one's ever done that before. <laughs> ever in the history of comedy. So, Josh picked this week's film. It's I Give It a Year from the year 2013. So, let's get to it. So, Josh, as I said, you picked this week's film, I Give It a Year, from 2013. So, spoiler warning, listeners, if you haven't seen it, Josh, what is this film about and why did you pick it? Okay, so, what's it about? Um, Essentially, there is a couple, it starts with them meeting, then a quick uh, flash through of their relationship, right through to them then getting married nine months later after meeting... Or if, or not less than a year after 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 meeting, then it charts seven months. Is I it believe seven months, not yeah. nine months. Sorry, um, <laughs> and then it the film is essentially charts the downfall of their marriage and relationship. So what it is, I think, what the concept behind it is, is it is a rom com in reverse. It starts with the characters meeting and then falling out of love rather mm-hmm. than fa- falling in love. I picked this, first of all, because I think that's a really interesting concept to talk about. Secondly, I think it is underseen and underrated. I don't know many people who who have seen this in terms of talking about it with friends and stuff. I've looked at the social, uh, not the social media, I've looked at the critical reception, rather, and I do think it's a little bit underrated. I remember watching this when it was first released on streaming, I think, and... I remember thinking it's, you know, it's a little bit more mature, it's less sappy, it's 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 like it's almost like a rom-com for adults. You know when we talked about Just My Luck and we, and we said it's almost like a rom-com that doesn't know its audience. And I think yeah, I, straddling I, yeah, the, the two. I, I yeah. think this is the other end. I think it does know its audience and I think its audience is adults. And I mm-hmm. think it's a really decent film. It's not perfect, but I think it's a decent 
romantic comedy with a bit of a twist. So, had you seen it before? So, I hadn't seen this. Don't really know if I'd heard of it, but again, it, it felt like almost one of those kind of generic titles that I thought I'd heard of, but maybe yeah. not like Just Married, like Friends with Benefits, you know, these sort of things that you get with a lot of these rom-coms. Uh, so, I hadn't seen No it. strings um, attached. Exactly. You know exactly what I'm talking about. So, I'll be honest. So, I watched this film and I really didn't like it. I was like, oh, I, d- I don't... No. Uh, no, no, Josh, Josh, wait, wait, wait. I watched it and I really didn't like it. And it was and the then... wrong film, so I watched the right film. No. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out it was Jaws 2, everybody. Um, but then I got to the end and realised that I'd been watching it all wrong. So obviously you get to the end and they get divorced. Yes. And then the penny dropped and I was like, oh... This isn't about their relationship. It's about the other relationship. And once I'd realised that, I thought, right, I need to watch this again because I've watched it wrong and therefore I have oh, wow, you formed... Oh, I watched it again. I had to watch it twice because I knew that my judgments, my preconceived ideas of, about it would have been wrong and I would have come into this not appreciating the full picture. But then ultimately, after the second watch, I thought it was okay. Didn't love it, didn't think it was amazing, but knowing what I knew about it being this reverse kind of rom-com about the concept being something a little bit different, it made it more enjoyable and it made the moments, uh, some of the moments a bit more poignant, some of the moments stand out a little bit more and some of the comedy even a little bit better too. Uh, So what what are some of your favourite things about this, Josh? Let's jump straight into the likes. What do you like about this film? Okay, so like you said there, it's, it's not it's not perfect, but I think I think it's funny. I think it's quite relatable in some of its humour. I think it's got a great cast. I mean, you've got Rafe Spall, Rose Byrne, Anna Faris, Stephen Merchant, Minnie Driver, Jason Fleming, Olivia Coleman pre-Oscar. Um, <laughs> really, really good. Ca- a, a, a who's who of really good British talent in there? Because you've also got Tim Key, you've also got Daisy Haggard. Um, there's loads of other people who are can't, people who aren't even coming to mind, but there's loads of really, really good actors comedy actors in this um i think it's a really interesting exploration around the idea of flawed characters everyone in this is not Mm. it is not a rom-com you know everyone in it is not a young hotshot working in a a media company or a you know a law firm or a magazine or something like that and they're just trying to get that next promote it's not that cliche they have decent Mm. jobs but you are shown them as flawed characters so i think it's a little Mm. bit more relatable And it's also an exploration of an an idea that it's okay if you're not right for one another. Now, we're both lucky. We're both in, as far as I know, happy relationships. (laughs) But there is that really interesting idea in this. It's, 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 It's okay to look at each other and go, like they do at the end, I love you, but, but, I don't, I'm not in love with you and, and we, we shouldn't be together. And I think that's a really interesting idea. Like I said, it's a subversion in the way it's a rom-com. It is an anti, it's not an anti-rom-com. It is a reverse rom-com. It is about having to, you know, go through a couple before you meet the right one, that sort of thing. It's not, it's not Cupid's arrow hits you and then that's it. That there is only one person, as we've mentioned on the on that podcast before. I think we're both, uh, like we did in Enduring Love, we're both pretty. We both subscribe to that idea that yes, you know, love is is that is a brilliant thing, but there isn't one person for everybody. 
mm-hmm. because that just defies logic. Um, so yeah, I think there's some really good ideas in there. As I said earlier, I'm waffling a little bit now, but I I think I think it's really funny as well in places. Mm-hmm. The the opening is really funny, and it's such a simple joke. A priest is trying to announce the man and wife and gets a coughing fit. Yeah. You know, I think the stuff like that's really, it's, 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 <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny. Um, and again, really great crafts, really great idea. So, you know, you've already said there, you watched it the first time, you didn't really like it until you, you clicked a little bit at the end. Then you rewatched and you thought it was okay. So, what did you like about it? What made it okay? So, I do like the concept. I like that you've got a couple of these, you know, early 30s people who are kind of panicking. It seems like it's like, oh shit, I'm 31, 32, and I'm not married and I haven't got kids. Oh, I better marry this guy that I've known for seven months, that sort of thing. The interesting thing as well is they, they say they've been together because Josh says in his uh, groomsman speech, in his groom speech, sorry, he's not the groomsman at his own wedding, Alice, he's the groom, <laughs> um, that they've been together for seven months. And then it's like, well, hang on, how fast did you plan this wedding? Like, did you throw this together in a couple of weeks? Because it's quite a nice wording. Um, so I do like the concept. Yeah, like you say, it's relatable. It's kind of for us, isn't it? We are the age bracket that this yeah, film is designed yeah. for that kind of early 30s just as you're settling down it's not as nice as your wedding alice thank you i appreciate that and, and i and i went to your wedding because we're friends outside of this podcast everybody we're actually friends outside of this podcast so, you know, <laughs> i know hard to believe um, guys I, I went to alice, <laughs> alice's wedding it was it was really nice from from what i remember um anyway <laughs> yes as you were saying they get that wedding together quickly yeah, and it's it, so I do just enjoy the concept. And like you say, it's about these flawed characters. It's about realising that, you know, you just aren't perfect for each other. And both uh, Nat and Josh, they're quite stubborn, aren't they? They're like, I'm not going to be the yeah. one to throw in the towel for this relationship. They're both still trying, but they're really grating on each other. They don't gel. Uh, jo- one of Josh's points in his speech at the wedding is he starts listing off all the ways that they're different and tries to dress it up as being like a, oh, you know, we're like yin and yang. Like, we just complement each other each other because she's this way and I'm that way but really they're just not compatible at all it's like that's not a romantic mm. thing you just have very different personalities and you don't gel and um, you touched on there that it is quite funny I thought it was quite funny it wasn't hilarious but there was the odd mm. moment that I thought was hilarious so one of the things that Josh doesn't like about Nat is that she sings the wrong words to songs so for Sweet Dreams uh, by Annie Lennox or The Arrhythmics. She says, I traveled the world in generic jeans. That floored me. I (laughs) thought that was hilarious. The other one was, uh, we built this city on rock and roll, but she sings, we built this city on the wrong damn road. I just thought it was hilarious. Really simple jokes like that. Um, there's a moment where I think they're at uh, one of their parents' houses and they're exchanging Christmas gifts and it's a digital photo frame. So then they put in their USB <laughs> of all the photos from their that beautiful... That dates it as well, a digital photo yeah. frame. I know, yeah, right. Uh, so they had this beautiful honeymoon in Morocco. So they start, you know, looking at all the pictures and it's beautiful oh. scenery and food and <laughs> restaurants. And then suddenly there's some very graphic images of them doing sex acts to one another. That's quite funny. And there's a scene where they're playing charades, a again at Christmas and so they've got um so clear this up for me actually so they've got a a couple friend like friend couple that they hang out with quite a lot a a male a man and a woman is that Nat's like sister is is he mini mini driver's character what's the connection there yeah so so I I I think 
I think that Minnie Driver and Rose Byrne's characters are meant to be sisters. Okay. Um, I, I'm I'm only basing that off the way they talk to each other and the fact that they're both very dark-haired and maybe could be sisters, I, I guess, if, if you actually looked at them. But yeah, so I think they're... And I love Minnie Driver's character in this, like the way that her and her husband just, just hate each other. But then the way they explain... Yeah how they make it work, I think is quite sweet, but also quite funny as well mm. at the same time. Yeah, so anyway, they're playing yeah. charades at, at, at her, it's her, at her parents' quite conservative house, isn't it? Yeah. And this is what made me think that they must be sisters as well, because Minnie Driver's character and her husband are there. It's like, why would you be at her parents' mm. house at Christmas time otherwise? Uh, so they're, they're playing charades, and you know, one of the words that Josh is trying to get them to guess is just man. So he's pointing at Minnie Driver's husband just for the word man. <laughs> oh, yeah. But Minnie Driver's character starts saying things like, uh, pathetic, useless, wimp, uh, lazy, like all these really like derogatory yeah. things. And then yeah. similarly, <laughs> when it, when it's the other way around and he's trying to get them to guess the word woman he points at Rose Byrne's character so Nat and then Minnie Driver's husband's like beautiful hot sexy amazing cute and like all these <laughs> things and those moments I thought were quite funny and that did make me laugh because uh, it, it's a lot of awkwardness isn't it in this film a lot of awkward humour that I quite enjoyed um, Stephen Merchant I thought was really good he plays yep. this really awful creepy just makes you so Socially uncomfortable inept <gasps> yeah oh he's yeah. so bad he's just so inappropriate he is friends with Josh isn't he so he's our protagonist one of his best friends yes. I think isn't yeah he? yeah Rafe Spall yeah and yeah, and he's just uh, he's just such a creep and he does that so well I really like Stephen Merchant I enjoy <laughs> seeing him um, and I really I did really like uh, the end so You've got this mm. sort of build-up. You don't really know where it's going, right? So Josh and Nat, they're trying to make it work. They're going to therapy. You know, she does, like, dresses up as, like, an estate agent for him and stuff. And, you know, he's trying to be all sexy. And he goes out to try and buy a lingerie and all this. But at the end, it eventually builds up and builds up. And the climax is that Josh runs in and to her she's having a meal at a restaurant isn't she and I think they're waiting for him or something it's their one year anniversary that's it and he runs into the restaurant and he just goes Nat will you do me the honour of divorcing me or something like that and she's like yes I will yes a thousand times yes and you feel the relief like you feel the relief with them and that's kind of a really touching moment because it's like finally yeah. you've both stopped playing this stupid game of relationship chicken and you're just admitting it doesn't work we've made a mistake obviously josh wants to be with anna faris's character whose name i can't remember what's anna faris's character called uh chloe chloe, chloe. yes chloe chloe uh, so he obviously wants to be with her you know they they work together they've got so much in common they knew each other before they were going out before she laughs at his stupid jokes you know and then uh nat roseburn wants to be with this you know suave business guy from america who's you know wealthy and successful and charming but not snobby in any way and you know really successful and driven and all this kind of thing and it's just nice at the end that they it's a happy ending, but just not in the way that you thought it was going to be. I just thought that was, that yeah, was really interesting. Yeah, not in the traditional sense. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. So we'll move on then to talking about anything that we didn't like about the film or anything that we would perhaps change. So what about you, Josh? What are your thoughts on this one? 
Um, a couple, a couple of things. The first thing is um, Simon Baker's character, Guy, who is the charming American guy that you mentioned there. Guy, Guy he, is the guy. Um. Yeah, yeah, Guy, Guy's the guy. Guy's uh, the guy. He, his character, his character, is a little one note. So you get mm-hmm. quite a nice exploration of of Josh, um, of Nat, and of Chloe. So Anna Faris and and Rafe Spall and Rose Burns characters, but you don't really get much of him. He's just a sexy, charming businessman and i and i mm-hmm. think the point there is him and rose burns sort of look like what you might consider the traditional leads in a rom-com to be ridiculously mm. good looking you know who two people have just found each other who've you know never actually met anyone for some somehow they've never met other people or whatever i thought his character was a little bit one note it didn't really flesh it out mm. enough for me i think the the main issue i think is i think we needed a little bit more to demonstrate that they're not right for each other because okay. they've not been together that long, so they could just be going through a bad time. And yeah. what they what they do is they take things that might irritate you in a couple, like someone not feel you know, um, she's annoyed at him because he doesn't take the bin out, and he's annoyed at her mm-hmm. because she gets the song lyrics right. And it's like, yeah, that's that's irritating stuff, but maybe not stuff to get divorced over. But then I guess the point is that stuff irritates them because they're not right for each other. Exactly. Um, but I do still think we could have done with a little bit more around them not being right for each other. And I think the main problem is, is we don't see enough of them on their own together. We only we, A lot of this is them with the supporting cast. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
which is great mm-hmm. because all the supporting cast and all the cast in this are, are, are great. But there's not enough of them together for us to see them, A, really happy, or B, really irritated. There's just a couple of bits of, oh, this is annoying. And even when they go to therapy together, um, you don't actually really get that much from them, don't you? Because a lot of the focus is, like you said about the supporting cast, it's about Olivia Colman, isn't it? And it's about her moments of comedy and the humour that she's bringing bringing to it. Because I was expecting... Which is amazing. Of course she is. She's brilliant in everything. I I knew. I listen. I knew Olivia Coleman was destined for great things when I see her in Peep Show because uh, Sophie <laughs> is one of the most annoying people in the world, and she absolutely nails it. Um, yeah. So you're quite distracted in some of those moments where you'd think you're getting to know them as a couple, but then you are distracted by the other things that are going on. Yes, and and I think the other thing is that. They seem to not want to be together because they both love someone else mm. as opposed to them not being right for each other. So I think we could have done with, even if it was just another 10 minutes or so of why aren't they right for each other, it's okay to be right for other people. But, you know, you are also, we've got to show that they're not right for one another. And I know there's a lot in there interwoven about them rushing things and the little things that annoy each other, but maybe, maybe, just, maybe just a little bit more color on the page. In that sense. Mm. Mm. What about you anyway? So you've said it's only okay. So so what, what were the things that made it only okay? Well, as I have said, obviously I had to watch it twice to really, like to really get it and to really appreciate what it was trying to do and to understand what the film was trying to do. And that's not really what you want, I don't think, when you're making a film and when you're putting a film out, is for people to have to want it twice just to be able to like it. Different if you're watching it twice because you're obsessed with it. You know, I've seen The Matrix 50 bazillion times, you know, and that's fine and that's normal and whatever, Josh, don't quietly judge me, please. Um, so <laughs> I've with said this... it that many times as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the fact that I had to is obviously a bit of a, that's a bit of an issue, isn't it? But I, I wanted to do it. I wanted to watch it and make sure that I got it because I needed to come into this knowing the full picture. And I am glad that I did. And I did get something more out of it that second time. Um, it kind of blurs the lines between exactly what it wants to be a little bit. And then it's kind of unclear because you're not sure really if you're rooting for the main couple, if you are meant to be rooting for Nat and Josh, because at times you feel like you are. Like I said before, sometimes she'll make the effort and she'll dress up as a sexy estate agent and he gets a massive boner and it's like, oh, are things <laughs> going well? They you know, they clearly fancy each other or whatever. But then he'll have these moments with Anna Faris's character, so with Chloe, and you're like, oh no, these two are meant to be together. And then, so you kind of start thinking, oh, is this guy just a a douchebag? Like, are these both just terrible people who got married but are now openly flirting and trying to get it on with other people? So you're kind of a bit like, who am I following? Who do I believe in? Who who am I siding with in this, I think? Do you think another another issue as well is that so Rose Byrne and Simon Baker have really great chemistry. Anna Faris and Rafe Spall have really great chemistry. But mm. I think Rose Byrne and, Ra- and Rafe Spall also have really good chemistry. So maybe mm. they should have cast people or done something to, you know, make sure that they didn't have chemistry. That, <laughs> maybe, uh, that's you a know, challenge. And that could be one. Uh, uh, but, but, they, but they definitely do. because And, and there are things... In the in the script about them being happy, they are they're not completely miserable. Um, so I think maybe there's an there's an element of that, and I understand what you mean with what what are they trying to do. Mm. And 
so, so something that did confuse me a little bit as well. So Anna Faris's character, why is she at the wedding? Why is his ex-girlfriend at the wedding? Found that a bit odd. Can you explain that for me, Josh? Um, I know they're co-workers. I know they're co-workers, but... No, well, they're they're not co-workers. He's a writer and she works for a charity. He's just there one day. Unless he's... I think, oh, maybe she works at his publishers or something, but... You're right, yeah. I think I I got confused because he goes to her office, doesn't he, at one point? Yeah. yeah. I I think... Why is she at the wedding? I think they're... Well, I suppose they're supposed to just still be mates. But then... Stephen Merchant's character, or one of the characters, reveals that they've never actually broken up. She just went mm. to Africa to do some charity work. And then they clearly yeah. still want to be with each other. So mm. maybe it's that whole thing of he invited her because she's a mate, but, you know, he, he couldn't let go of something. Yeah, so I thought that was a bit odd. And then he invites her again to quite an intimate dinner party uh, between, you know, a few of the closer friends, the sister and Stephen Merchant as well. And I thought that was yeah. a bit strange. Um, so I didn't... Like, I didn't love any of the characters. I didn't fall in love with anyone in particular. I, and I know I sort of touched on it there a little bit. I wasn't firmly rooted in anyone's corner. And when... So I think I've said before to you as well with other films, like, I, I need to have someone that I'm empathising with, someone that I'm following, someone who I'm rooting for to kind of really get into the film. Uh, and ultimately, it just wasn't quite funny enough for me. There were brilliant moments yeah. in there. There was some real gold in there that we built the city on the wrong damn road, Josh. I can't tell you. I, that's how I <laughs> sing it now. I was singing it the other day and Ollie was like, you know, those aren't the words. And I was like, oh, I know, babe, you wouldn't get it sort of thing. But I, I genuinely find <laughs> shit like that funny, right? Um, but I just thought in general, it wasn't quite funny enough and then also wasn't quite romantic enough. So I just, I kind of didn't know how to process it all. Do you know what I mean? So do you think do you think maybe for you there's a concept there a really good concept but it could have just done with a little a little bit more something to it. I think so and I wonder if it is like you said if it's about getting to know um getting to know Nat and Josh maybe a bit more as a couple and having a few more scenes a bit more relationship development a bit more character development between those two. Well it's funny isn't it because although this is a very you know it's a it's a solid tight hour and a half film this is the sort of concept you could get a TV series out of. Definitely. If, if you wanted to. And, and so maybe that maybe that's it. You know, if you'd have had a bit, a bit more time with the characters, maybe you would have loved them a bit more. But I do know what you mean. But ultimately, I, I, th- there's more to like than there isn't for me. Okay, so we will move on to talking about the critical reception then in a minute. Because, Alice, you're going to take us down the rabbit hole. I'm not going to give you a year. I'm going to give you however long the rabbit hole takes. Take it away. Oh, well, I'll try and be as quick as possible, Josh and listeners. But yes, we are going to venture down the rabbit hole for this bit that I like to call Alice down the rabbit hole. So (gasps) one thing I did like about I Give It A Year is that it was a real who's who of great British talent. And this includes Nat's colleague, Helen, played by Daisy Haggard. Daisy was born in the 70s in London, and it would appear as though she was destined for creative greatness. Her mum is a stained glass artist. Her dad, Piers Haggard, is a British theatre, film and TV director. And his dad, Stephen Haggard, was a stage actor, and Stephen's great-uncle was an author of adventure fiction romance set in exotic locations. Quite the family tree indeed. Daisy's dad, however, didn't want to encourage any of his six children to 
follow in his footsteps and enter the world of showbiz, saying that acting is a hard, horrible life, but she found she just couldn't help herself, entertaining her family with self-written work at an early age, including the mystery of the scratched boob. It's likely you'll recognise Daisy, as she seems to have been all across British television over the years, including in two of my favourites, Peep Show and Green Wing. But it's not just comedy she's known for, as her varied career has seen her perform across the spectrum, from laugh-out-loud sitcoms to more serious roles on the stage. One of the most iconic things about Daisy is her face and her incredible range of facial expressions. And she remarked during an interview back in 2015 that if she had Botox, her whole career would end. It's all dependent on this very wiggly face. And that was Alice Down the Rabbit Hole. <gasps> There we go. I think um, it, Daisy has a sitcom called Back to Life, which is on iPlayer. It is well worth checking out. I think we might have done a shout out for it on the social media for TV Tuesday, but do watch it because it is, it's brilliant. It's a really, really good sitcom and I think it's a little bit underseen as well. So fits with the brand. <laughs> there you go. Definitely worth a watch. Okay, so let's talk about the critical reception. Let's now, indeed. You think this is all right? It's so, all right. <laughs> what would you give it? How do you think it did? So, I wonder if it did better than I maybe would give it because of the cast. Like I said, and like you even said at the beginning, almost word for word for what I said in the rabbit hole there, Josh, we're so in sync. Um, it's a real who's who of British talent. Like, yeah. there's so many great, and, and American as well, of and course. And Australian got, as well. <laughs> and Australian. Yes, indeed. So, you know, we've got all sorts in there. Um, so I wonder if that sort of played quite well with the critics. I really like Rose Byrne. I think she's great. And, you know, all of them did a pretty good job, to be honest. Um, I do really like the concept, though there were... It did just, you know, it fell flat in some areas for me. So I wonder... I wonder if it got a six. I wonder if it managed to hold itself at a six. A six. Maybe I'll say... I'll say 5.9, I think. And that's what you'd give it or what you think it got? I think maybe both. Right, okay. I think. Okay. Go on. Well, Go on, Josh. so, at the time of recording, let's start with the more generous one. Mm -hmm. IMDb gives it 5.7 out of 10. Ah, uh -uh, Which isn't too far. One. <laughs> yeah, not too far, what you're saying. <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes, the mm. critics give it 51%. Ooh, okay. And the audience give it 38%. <gasps> now, wow. I said at the beginning I'd taken a look at the critical reception. Now, for me, I like this film. Mm -hmm. I think it's a, a, a good concept and all the other reasons that I've said. I think that's underrated. I think that's harsh. I think there may be issues with it, but there's, there's things to like and it is not that bad. Mm. So... It's interesting because obviously with the audience coming out with a score like that, if I'd only watched it once, that might have been what I gave it. Like the 38. that might have been where I was sort of at. And it it you did have to have the rewatch to kind of fully understand what it was trying to achieve, I thought. Um interesting. So So that's an that's an average of 48. That's quite bad, isn't it? It's That's not. Quite it's bad. not. It's not over 50% bad. Mm, yeah, I think you've got a point there. And actually, you know what? It's given me one of my favourite jokes of <laughs> 2022 so far, which is Do you just sing getting... it again. Do you sing it again. We built this city on the wrong dead road. <laughs> I travel the world in generic jeans. I think she did one more as well, but those are the two that so, stood out. 
Underrated then? You know what, Josh? I didn't think this was going to be the case, but I think it is underrated. I think there's a couple of real good comedic moments in there. And I think I think it does work for our age bracket. Yeah. And I don't think yeah. you get a lot of stuff that does. Like a lot of stuff is either for the younger generations or for, you know, kind of like dad films, you know, yeah. like these big action sort of blockbustery type things. So go on. Off you go in the underrated pile yes. and give it a year. I'll Get let it happen. I'll in let you it go. Off your pop. <laughs> Off your pop. I give it a year into, into the old underrated and underseen vault. Okay, so there we go. Another one, thankfully, sliding on into the <laughs> I underrated. I could have broken his heart, ladies and gentlemen, but I chose not to. <laughs> I think it's worth a watch. So if you like any of the other choices I've made, then give it a watch. If you'd like to suggest a film or get in touch with us, the address is filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. We're on all the social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all of them. It's just films and that wherever you're looking. So yeah, get in touch, give us a follow. And if you get a chance, give us a little rating on wherever you get your podcast. It is always appreciated because it helps other people hear us talk about I Give It A Year. We're also on the television every Friday night. We're across the local TV network. So if you live in Birmingham, Bristol, Leeds, Liverpool, or the northeast of England, we're on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, we're on Channel 8 on Freeview. We're also on Sky on Channel 195 across England. So there's no excuse. You can watch us wherever you are. So that's every Friday evening from 6pm and sometimes on Mondays as well. Yes, there you go. So there's plenty of places to catch us, but please keep listening. And yeah, we will see you next week. Until then, it's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.